Vladimir Putin says it's unforgivable that US President Joe Biden labelled him a war criminal. Let's get the very latest from our Washington correspondent, Simon Marks. Um, afternoon to you, Simon. This was an extraordinary turn of events during a, a question-answer session with, uh, with the President. He originally said he didn't call um, uh, President Putin a war criminal and then said he did. Yeah, I mean, it's very peculiar how you stumble into branding Vladimir Putin a war criminal, but that is what Joe Biden managed to do yesterday. Just to go back to yesterday, uh, as we covered live here on LBC News, at around about this time yesterday, President Biden was unveiling uh, $800 million in uh, fresh expenditure on lethal weaponry for the Ukrainians. Uh, He was asked there uh, whether, having described the civilian atrocities that the Russians are committing, in Ukraine, he considered Vladimir Putin to be a war criminal and he demurred. He said he wasn't going to take any questions and he walked out of the room, accompanied by Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley. So there was some uh, interest among this, among reporters about this question because President Biden had gone into detail uh, accusing the Russians of attacking maternity hospitals, of going after uh, schools and uh, blocks of flats in various parts of Ukraine and targeting civilians quite clearly. So you would think that the logical extension of that claim would be to begin arguing uh, that Vladimir Putin was a war criminal, especially given uh, that his own US ambassador to the United Nations has previously warned Russian forces not to commit war crimes. Later in the day, President Biden was holding another event, nothing to do with Ukraine. Uh, As he left it, he walked past a reporter who asked him Uh, whether he thought that Vladimir Putin uh, had indeed committed war crimes. And President Biden's response to that question was no. But then he circled back to the reporter a few seconds later and said, I'm very sorry, did you ask me if I thought that Vladimir Putin had committed war crimes? And the reporter said, yes, I'm wondering if you think he's a war criminal. And at that point, Joe Biden said, well, yes, I do. I think he committed war crimes. And then he walked off. So this left uh, Jen Psaki at the White House, uh, the press secretary, holding her daily briefing uh, about half an hour later to try and explain exactly what had gone on and how the United States government had found itself in a position where the President of the United States appeared to be extemporizing on an issue that under normal circumstances would follow an enormous degree of internal discussion and debate with input from various uh, cabinet secretaries, including, of course, the Secretary of State, uh, the Defense Secretary, the National Security Advisor, and yet Joe Biden appeared simply to have blurted it out. The President's remarks speak for themselves. Uh, He was speaking from his heart and speaking from what he's seen on television, which is barbaric actions by a brutal dictator uh, through his invasion of a foreign country. Uh, There is a legal process that continues to, is underway, continues to be underway at the State Department. Uh, That's a process that that they would have any updates on. Now, I'll let you into a secret. Any time a White House press secretary says the president's words and comments speak for themselves, that means that the president has said something quite uh, inconvenient as far as the press secretary is concerned, and she's not entirely clear how to explain it all away, 
especially given that those comments do have consequences. I mean, first of all, they raise massive questions over how there can be any kind uh, of diplomatic engagement between the governments in Washington and Moscow, given that the President of the United States has indicated that he thinks Vladimir Putin and members of his inner circle uh, almost certainly should be given a one-way ticket to The Hague. But it also raises questions about where are we in terms of the legal process uh, and references uh, to recommendations of war crimes charges being uh, brought against Vladimir Putin and his top lieutenants. Uh, What President Biden did yesterday has hardened attitudes on Capitol Hill. Senator Ben Sass is a moderate uh, Republican from Nebraska. We're supposed to believe that all 7.8 billion people on this globe are created with dignity in God's image and we're seeing women and children and civilian populations targeted. I don't think we should ever in the realpolitik conversation that you're rightly pointing us to lose sight of what's happening to civilians there. So he's absolutely backing the president's declaration that what's taking place in Ukraine uh, does constitute war crimes. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine also hardened some attitudes on Capitol Hill yesterday uh, after that speech that he made yesterday morning here to a joint session of Congress calling for the implementation of a no-fly zone, calling for the delivery of fighter jets to Ukraine, two issues that the United States government opposes because they worry that it'll be the slip slope to a a, a war between uh, the United States and Russia, something President Biden has described as World War III. Well, President Zelensky won uh, one supporter in the form of Senator John Cornyn, a Republican of Texas. Where does the Biden administration get off saying, well, we'll give you this, but not that, when people are trying to defend their very lives and their national sovereignty? We should not dictate from Washington, D.C. what sort of weapons they can get access to. Provide them everything they need in order to defend themselves and their country and defeat Vladimir Putin. And there's some pressure in that regard now coming on the White House from Democrats. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if those bipartisan efforts to try and persuade the White House to move forward and get fighter jets into uh, the hands of uh, Ukrainian uh, pilots uh, actually leads to any kind of change of heart. Uh, over the next few days. But certainly that address by President Zelensky, I think, appears to have had an impact, Chris, on the lawmakers who heard it yesterday. And Simon, what are this news uh, breaking within the last hour that uh, the president is going to speak with speak with the Chinese president? Um, uh, China, pretty crucial, um, according to some security expert world leaders, for example, saying that um, China, the only country uh, that are in a position to stop Putin. Yeah, well, this is this is a big moment. Uh, this is going to be the uh, first conversation between President Biden and President Xi for weeks. The White House put out a statement this morning saying that the conversation will occur tomorrow, saying this is part of our ongoing efforts to maintain open lines of communication between the United States and the PRC. The two leaders will discuss managing the competition between our two countries, as well as Russia's war against Ukraine and other issues of mutual concern. Now, what can we read into all of that? Well, first of all, this is absolutely going to be the first leader-level conversation between Washington and Beijing since the United States government claimed that the Russians had asked China for military support uh, and the United States warned the Chinese against doing anything to compensate Moscow for its military equipment losses on the Ukrainian battlefield. So clearly that's going to be a topic of conversation 
conversation between these two men. President Biden will also want to sound President Xi out and get a sense of uh, just how tightly he plans to uh, ally himself, if at all, uh, to Russian President uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. There have been some mixed signals on that, uh, with China, for example, abstaining uh, at the UN Security Council on a vote recently uh, condemning the Russian invasion of invasion of Ukraine. Uh, But China earlier this week voting against, in other words, siding with Russia uh, at the International Court of Justice, which was ruling that the Russian invasion of Ukraine was uh, illegal. So there's definitely um, uh, some uh, opaque uh, lacking of uh, lacking in clarity of precisely where China stands in all of this. Uh, President Biden will get the opportunity uh, to try and navigate all of that. It's also interesting that they say they're going to discuss managing the competition between our two countries. We know that the Biden administration has been thinking about a possible softening of some of the Trump-era trade tariffs that were imposed on uh, Chinese exports, uh, imports into the United States. It'll be interesting to see if there's any movement on that tomorrow. And a happy happy St. Patrick's Day to you, uh, Simon. We know the Irish Taoiseach, uh, Michal Martin, in Washington to meet uh, with Joe Biden, the US president. But uh, even though they're in the same city, they're meeting virtually. Yes, not a happy St. Patrick's Day for the Taoiseach, I'm afraid, because he has uh, tested positive for COVID-19 after others in his entourage tested positive for COVID-19. He had a pretty active day on Capitol Hill yesterday, uh, and I think there are some concerns about whether some of the people that he met may have been exposed to COVID-19, including uh, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. But the annual shamrock ceremony that always takes place at the White House on St. Patrick's Day underscoring uh, the importance uh, of uh, Ireland in the United States, a country with a large number of Irish descendants. That has moved to a virtual ceremony. Um, You could have argued the T-shirt could have stayed at home and done it all from Dublin, but he's here instead. Uh, I don't quite know what happens to the shamrocks. I don't know how you... uh, (laughs) I'm not quite sure how those are handed over virtually, but there must be some kind of plan for that. But he won't be meeting Joe Biden face-to-face today. All right, Simon, thank you very much for that roundup. That's our Washington correspondent, Simon Marks, there live for us in Washington. This is LBC.